Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit with the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! (laughs) Welcome to the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. We've got a great show lined up for you today. Uh, We're going to have Dr. Carol Clark on with us shortly, and we're going to talk about snake bite and what the right and best thing to do for your horses. Then we're going to have a few segments with Kenny Williams, trainer here in the studio with us. Uh, And then we're going to close it out today with episode three with Pat and Linda Pirelli. Starting off with some news, very sad uh, to hear yesterday that uh, Super Horse Arrogate passed away. Um, He was an absolutely phenomenal horse. He was Lon Jean's uh, best race horse, uh, won millions of dollars, uh, was an incredible horse for Judmont Farms and for Mike Smith. I was fortunate enough to meet him when he was in the uh, barn of Bob Baffert. I cried my eyes out yesterday at his passing, possibly something neurological. They did everything they could to save his life. Um, But after four days, unable to get up from the stall, um, he had to be euthanized. So we're very sad for everybody connected there. And um, lots of prayers and thoughts to everybody at the Baffert Barn and everybody at uh, Jedmont Farm. Very, very sad um, to lose such an incredible horse who was um, breeding and, uh, and producing some incredible progeny. So very, very sad. Uh, this week is the Breeze Show at Ocala Breeders Sales and lots of great horses from our local consigners. Uh, next week is the sale. And I was fortunate enough to stop by yesterday, and um, we got a little chance to chat to one of our very, very well-known consigners here, uh, Nick Demerick, Demerick Sales, and uh, regularly has horses in the stakes races every year, often in the Kentucky Derby and Breeders' Cup. So we're going to swap it over and chat to Nick. I'm Louisa Barton with the Horse Talk Show here at Ocala Breeder Sales for the June two-year-old in training sale. We're here at Demerick Thoroughbred Sales and Nick Demerick is with us. Going to chat to him a little bit about horses he has in the sale and what he kind of thinks about this sale as far as the effect of the COVID-19 pandemic. Hi, Nick. Hi, how are you doing, Louisa? Lovely uh, to have you with us again. Nick, tell us a little bit about um, your consignment for this sale. Well, um, we actually scratched our timonium uh, consignment uh, just a little bit of uncertainty there and and you know we were a con- little bit concerned about health issues going up there so that consignment swelled the ranks of this sale because we added them to this sale so we have actually cataloged I think 82 odd horses here now inevitably because of the delays with actually bringing this sale about some owners have decided to race Others have uh, made different plans for their horses, so th- there's a few gaps in the uh, in the original 80-some horses. But we still got a good-sized consignment and some very nice offerings to to present to the marketplace if if there is one, <laughs> which we're secretly hoping there is. Now. Um We've started Breeze Week um, and we've got the sale coming up. What are your thoughts about how many people are going to be here in person? Or do you feel that a lot of it may be done virtually and and from wherever people are located? Well, as we all know, um, you know, these are kind of uncharted waters. So we're we're kind of speculating. We we do sense... uh, 
a, a kind of pent-up demand um, based on the activity we've had at the at the farm leading up to this sale. We've had a lot of agents visiting, a lot of people doing inspections on the farm. Now, these are mostly agents who are representing principals. Now, what the principals are actually going to do when it comes time to pull the trigger remains to be seen, but there's certainly been a lot of legwork on the farm, resulting in a couple of private sales here and there too, which is also good. Um, what's the market going to be like? There's really no way to tell. It's going to hurt us from the standpoint of foreign participation, our Korean friends, our Europeans, our Japanese, all those people, it's next to impossible for them to get here. So if they do do anything, it's going to be virtually uh, through agents and looking at videos. And, and uh, we've all of us, like most people here, we've got walking videos up on the OBS website, in addition to, of course, the Breeze videos. Um, and uh, so, you know, there may be some uh, long distance participation, but bottom line is we're going to be reliant on our tried and trusted North American trainers and customers from uh, from the US of A and uh, let's hope that they show up. Now I think OBS has been really really um, forward moving on some changes and things that they've done to get ready for this for virtual buyers perhaps overseas buyers can you talk about some of those things I know there's a, a, a been some changes and I, I know they've I've spoken to Tom Ventura myself and really optimistic about some of those things and how to make this sale a success. Well yeah, I, I was one of the people who was pushing to, to, to get the online bidding in place, which uh, I was not by any means the only one, but it's something I felt very strongly that we needed to do going forward, regardless of pandemics or anything else. Uh, we actually weren't the first ones to announce that we were doing it, although we were working on it probably at the same time as the other sale companies. But we are definitely going to be the first ones to put it into practice in North America. And uh, so it'll be inter interesting to see what level of participation we get with the online bidding. Um, you know, as a board member here at OBS, uh, you know, I've been uh, a part of a, a lot of these decisions we've been making to try and make the sale go. We are trying to, we put in place a, a, a wide variety of protocols to in, to uh, increase people's comfort level, uh, to try and uh, make the environment as safe and as user-friendly as we can. At the same time, by definition, a horse sale is a gathering of people who want to buy horses. And we are fortunate here at OBS in that, one, we own the plant, so we are not dependent on the whims of uh, of um, you know uh, separate owners. Second of all, we have a lot of room here. It's a, it's a big, airy, open facility. Uh, people can bid outside, they can bid inside, they can bid on the phone, and of course now they can bid online. So um, there is no necessity to be crowded in one spot, which is not true of every sale ground. So I think we do have some advantages and we've really tried to take those and run with them and. As I say, the protocols we put in place with staff on site, wiping down services, uh, surfaces, I should say, uh, reducing touch points, having people opening and closing doors so that you don't have to put a hand on them. Um, we have a, a mask uh, policy for inside the building. Um, I can't remember if it's mandatory or recommended. I think it might be just recommended, but, but um, so uh, we've, 
In our restaurant, we have a sort of grab-and-go food service where you aren't standing in line waiting for to be served and there won't be the usual kind of cafeteria-style food. It'll be more grab a bag with a sandwich or whatever it is and, and go, keeping that kind of exposure to a minimum. So, um, yeah, we've tried to do everything we can think of to make this a, a successful sale and a safe environment to do business. I think you've done exceptionally well. Um, excited about your horses. You've got some really, really wonderful ones. I see with some incredible um, bloodlines and confirmation seeing them here walk behind us. Uh, I think you've done a, you and Jackie have done a fine job with your team again. Well, uh, and, and I should be, would be the first to say that Tristan and Valerie are uh, an ever-increasing part of our business and in fact um, have really taken a leadership role in the sale company. And uh, so whatever accolades are due, uh, are due them as much as Jackie and I. That's lovely. Nick, one last question. How do you think keeping the horses longer this year has affected everybody? Is that a big financial drain? Um, yeah, that, that's a good question. I mean, yes, it is a bit of a financial drain because, as you say, we've, we're all carrying a lot more inventory than we would normally be doing at this time of year. Um, how has it affected the horses? I think there are certainly many that have benefited from the extra couple of months that they've had um, without you know too much early pressure being put on them so the, the, there's a, a benefit to that um, you know I, I think all of us can absorb the financial uh, sort of stretching that it has been required to get to this point if we have a reasonably healthy marketplace in which to do business in the final event. Uh, so as long as we can move some inventory and, and kind of keep most of our powder dry and, and live to fight another day, I think a lot of us will sort of write 220 off as a tough year and, and uh, hope for better things in the future. Nick, thank you so much for being with us. Really appreciate it. Uh, Nick Demerick, Demerick Thoroughbred Sales here at Ocala Breeder Sales in Ocala, the horse capital of the world. You actually couldn't be in a better place to buy a horse right now. Uh, our weather is absolutely beautiful. Our infection rates with the pandemic have been some of the lowest in the country. Uh, and we are a wonderful outdoor facility here where you can do all of your bidding um, from outdoors, actually, and see all the horses and be in wonderful fresh air and vitamin D. And you can't beat the horses at the, uh, at the Demerick consignment every single year. They're in all the top stakes races winning, and quite often they're in the Derby and Breeders' Cup starting gates. So hats off to them and their village, a uh, wonderful team they have here. Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show at OBS.
Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton, and with me on the telephone, I have Dr. Carol Clark from Peterson and Smith. Her photograph is up on the screen, if you're not familiar with her already. Uh, she is one of the veterinarians at Peterson and Smith. And uh, Dr. Clark, it's lovely to have you back with us on the show. Um, Thank you. Yes, we are going to talk about something that uh, certainly is a concern. I mentioned in the break, I actually had a friend last year whose horse was at Peterson and Smith for five days at the hospital due to a snake bite, and it is a concern, uh, especially if you're out on the trails or if your horse is turned out in pasture. It might be a little bit curious and a pile of hay, and uh, there could be a venomous snake. Uh, Dr. Clark, can you talk about some of the venomous snakes that we need to be concerned about here? Uh, yes, and in North America, we basically have the pit vipers, and then we have the, the snakes that are basically called the elapidae, which would be the coral snakes. Mm. Luckily, uh, the coral snake part, I don't even know if I've even heard of a horse being bitten by a coral snake. In small animals, we worry about that a lot. But um, it, because of the small size of them and the, where their rear fang, their fangs are located in the rear, we don't worry about that. So it's the pit vipers, which includes rattlesnakes, the cottonmouth water moccasin type um, snake and the copperheads and in the immortal words of indiana jones i just want to say i hate snakes <laughs> so do i they're absolutely terrified of them <laughs> yes but anyway so we're concerned about pit vipers so mostly and i would say the most um venomous of the pit vipers are the rattlesnakes and of course you know we have the little pygmy rattlesnakes which don't seem to cause as you know just, it's all size related um but we have these giant eastern diamond black rattlesnakes and that those are the ones that can really really hurt a horse yeah those are absolutely terrifying and that's actually what bit my friend's horse um they, they think you know from the reaction um so what is the very first thing to do if you think your horse if you either know because you witnessed it or if you didn't witness it, um, what, what is the very first thing that you should do? So probably, so the most common place that horses get bit is on the nose or the face. And, and that has very um, concerning consequences because as we know, one of the biggest things that happens in a snake bite is swelling. And because horses are obligate nasal breathers, meaning they have to breathe through their nose to live, if their nose swells shut, they'll die. So, um, you know, having a swelling of the face is very concerning. So drugs like bute, banamine, non-steroidals, those are very important to get into the horse as soon as possible. Um, this, is a, this is a situation where you don't want to just see what happens. You need to call your veterinarian, especially if the bite is on the face. Probably the, the least, uh, the second most common place is on the lower limb, mm -hmm. um, and that would have local consequences as far as swelling, necrosis, cellulitis, which can be quite serious if it's over a joint or something like that, but the, the idea of the, the uh, airway swelling shut is, is more remote. So if the horse is bit on the face, I would get your veterinarian um, as soon as possible, get some sort of non-steroidals in there. Um, it's also described, and this may be difficult to do depending on the horse, but if, if the horse's head is starting to swell, if you can find a flexible tube like a, a hose or a um, syringe case or a, a, a 
a nasogastric tube that you can cut off. If you can put it at least in one nostril, that will keep it from swelling shut. Mm -hmm. um, that can save the horse's life. But most horses, as you know, they don't like that done. So they're going <laughs> to have to be pretty either sedated or have to be pretty, um, you know, concentrating on breathing to let somebody do that. Yes, and actually my friend Trish did do that, and they did tell her at the hospital. Um, and she actually loaded her horse and just went straight to Peterson and Smith. She called me and said, Peterson and Smith's where I should go, right? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> and she loaded up and went straight there because she felt like she lives way, way out in the country. And she felt like she could get to the hospital faster than the vet could find her. So she went straight there and, and they said, I, I believe that the tube really, really helped him because his head swelled so fast because um, he got bitten, you know, right in the nostril. And so um, that, that, you know, certainly helped a lot. Um, so that's really the main things to do if you are waiting for the vet to come to you, though, would be bute, banamine, and, and if you can, sliding some kind of a tube. Maintain the airway, yeah, yes. if you can. Um, do a lot yeah. of them have to be hospitalized? You know, it, it, if it's a lower limb, um, I would say in a small snake, you know, if it's a, if it's a pygmy rattler or, or maybe we don't have very many copperheads around, but the smaller the snake, the, the less the reaction. So um, certainly, uh, no, I would say, you know, about 30% of the horses have mild signs, about 30% have moderate signs, and about 30% have really severe signs. And it's really groups two and three that, that end up being hospitalized. Um, so... You know, mild swellings, no big deal. The other things that we do in treatment is we have them on broad-spectrum antibiotics. Mm -hmm. um, because this is basically two puncture wounds, um, horses are susceptible to um, clostridial diseases, one of which would be tetanus. So we also make sure that they're current on their tetanus. Um, but we use antibiotics because we know there's going to be infection um, at the site of the, there's going to be swelling and necrosis at the site of the, of the puncture wounds, and those can be set up for clostridium. So we use broad-spectrum antibiotics as well. That makes sense. Um, prognosis, I'm sure, depends, like, you know, where they were bitten and what kind of snake um, bit them, how venomous and how big, as you mentioned. Um, but usually is the prognosis fairly good for a fast recovery? And what about after effects. I know that some people have said that later on, even months later after healing, there can be some effects from snake bite. Yeah, so, um, so overall mortality is generally less than a quarter of the horses. So that's, you know, the majority of them do live. Um, the, the kinds of complications that we have in the short term are usually centered around breathing abnormalities and dying because they can't get an airway, um, coagulation disorders and um, hemolytic anemia so that the toxins can cause the red blood cells to lice. But then the, the more chronic and can be acute things are cardiac arrhythmias and damage to the heart muscle itself. And those things can even last and be more chronic. And so we certainly now know that we need to be testing for heart enzyme elevations um, and making sure that the the heart rhythm is normal, and that those things can can be present even four six weeks later. Um, and then laminitis is also something that we've seen um, as a complication that can happen. Of course, any sick horse can have that happen, but it, it seems like it's a bit over uh, represented in, in snake bite cases. So that would be something that long term, you know, could be um, a, a limiting factor. That laminitis, mm -hmm. it just likes yeah. to rear its ugly head, doesn't it? <laughs> Very sadly, um, and surely uh, enough for the, with the snake bite. Um, but overall, you, you see fairly good recovery rates, and um, yes. especially if you get your veterinarian there, I'm sure um, the faster, uh, the, you know, as quick as you possibly can, I'm sure that's really 
uh, helps the outcome, the final outcome. Um, what about um, vaccines for snake bite? Any such thing? Actually, there is. There is a conditionally licensed vaccine that is mainly uh, made uh, for Western pit vipers. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't have great effects for our side of the U.S. Um, but if you are out in Texas and in West, the Western United States and your horse is particularly at risk um, and maybe you're on a large cattle ranch and you see snakes all the time and, you know, that, that's a big risk, um, there is a vaccination. Um, it's a little unclear as far as, um, you know, would it, take the, would it make the horse not react at all? No, but it should limit the re reaction that you get. Um, and it is labeled for um, horses older than six months of age. There's a, a, like a three-dose priming series, and then it's, it's recommended twice a year after that. Wow. We don't, and I, I've personally never given it, <laughs> um, and I don't vaccinate my own horses for it. I, you know, overall, it's still a relatively low risk, and I think that vaccine is just not really um, may, focused on the toxins oh, yes. that are snakes on the eastern United on States. On the eastern, have. right. Well, that flew by. Um, Dr. Clark, thank you so much for being with us. Um, all that information, very, very helpful. Look out for those snakes at this time of year. Uh, we'll be back on the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith in just a few minutes. Stay with us. This show is sponsored in part by Hilton Garden Inn. Downtown Louisville, only five miles from Churchill Downs, enjoy the two most exciting minutes in sports, plus a hearty breakfast and a mimosa, and let Hilton Garden Inn do the rest. Book for Derby 2020 now. This show is presented by Peterson & Smith Equine Hospital, one of the top equine hospitals in the USA with services including ambulatory, surgery, sports medicine, reproduction, and with doctors on call 24 hours a day. Check them out now at petersonsmith.com. The opinions of the hosts and guests on the Horse Talk Show are not necessarily that of Peterson & Smith Equine Hospital. This show is brought to you in part by Summit Joint Performance, promoting a healthy, thick synovial fluid, decreasing inflammation in the joints and improving the cushioning properties of the cartilage pads. All age horses can benefit from Summit Joint Performance. Our Facebook broadcast sponsor is Larson Farms. The Larson Farms mission is simple, to be the leader in quality and value. Richard owner of Larson Farms is committed to a positive attitude, integrity, dedication, quality, and teamwork. Larson Farms is committed to being your supplier of Idaho's finest alfalfa, a complete line of mixed and grass hay. Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. This show is brought to you in part by New Millennium Realty. Owner and broker Brian Cox loves this community and wants to help you find your place in the horse capital of the world. Like them on Facebook or find them at allfarmsmatter.com. New Millennium Realty, the future of real estate. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm your host, Louisa Barton, in the studio with my co-host, Paulette Stout. Out of control, as usual. Uh, top equestrian. And today she is a crazy cowboy. I know I've been dealing with it for the first couple of segments. 
<laughs> and also joining us, uh, we have trainer Kenny Williams in the studio, a new guest we haven't had on the show before. Kenny, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Nice to be here. Um, you were a horse person all the way from very, very young. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, you went to work, I think, for a family member at about 10. Yes, ma'am. And um, have been around horses pretty much all your life. Tell us a little bit about, your, about growing up with horses. Uh, well, uh, I've always loved horses my whole life. Uh, I always, they were my escape. Uh, I worked with many trainers. Uh, my community raised me. I had Thomas and Sandra Hosford, Eddie Joe Young, Scott Delaney, all the best in, on the coast. So I joined the military. Then after the military career, I decided to train horses. I started at Victoria Farms and have been training professionally for two years. Wow. Mm -hmm. So he drove all the way down from Mississippi. Just to, to be, be on the here. show. <coughs> to be here. Yes, Not just to be on the show. Well, he came to my farm, but he and I said... I had to watch what she had going on. <laughs> yeah, well, had you seen it on Facebook and thought this was worth a... Oh, definitely. Worth a definitely. truck? <laughs> yeah, she's, sung, she's got some gypsy vanners and yeah. some, some yeah. exciting things going on. It was on, honestly breeding, a having, pleasure, mm -hmm. definitely. Having some babies and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's exciting. All the kisses. <laughs> I know, it's wonderful, isn't it? So you're, you're in a farm in Mississippi now. Yes. Um, what kind of horses? Uh, they have quarter horse thoroughbreds, Arabians, saddlebreds, all kinds. We, they take in all kinds. You know, and uh, generally the owners ask me to take care of them. And uh, I train them, exercise them, anything they ask. And do you start them right from the beginning? Yes. I will uh, put a good 30 days of easy, you know, I want them to be relaxed when they first get there. Any facility you go to, you want your horse relaxed. And I do a little bit of groundwork, then I start slowly getting on their backs on the saddle. And how do you, how do you get to know the horse? Is it very important to build a, a really strong communication mm -hmm. between you and the horse on the ground before you start anything else? Right. Um, some, some guys are not as gentle as some ladies, I know. Mm -hmm. It just depends mm -hmm. on the person. But um, you seem, just from being around you and dealing with our hilarity, uh, <laughs> I can see you seem like a gentle spirit. Well, um, horses will communicate that. with you. You know, a horse is actually the teacher. I am not the teacher. They will allow you to teach them something. It's not mm -hmm. something that um, they easily just give off. So if you can, if you can have patience and time, you know, what's the old saying? Uh, if you take 15 minutes a day just to do something slowly, it'll take 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. if, you take, if you rush through it, it's going to take an hour. And right. that's the truth mm -hmm. with horses. Mm -hmm. they're, they're like students. Mm -hmm. And they can be teachers all in the same. Uh, if you're on Facebook, we've got some, um, some photos. You wouldn't be able to see those on the radio. But if you're on Facebook with us at the Horse Talk Show, um, we've got some photos here. looks like um, some bucking going on. Oh, there. yes. That's a Mustang named Zach I worked with in R&S. Uh, he just needed some work. Yeah. And this one? Uh, this is uh, a lady from uh, B&K Stables, Valerie Thomas. Uh, she just asked me to teach her horse some tricks, teach her to bow, teach her to lay, and that's exactly what we did within an hour. Not incredible. It is. That's truly. trust right there. Yes. This is at Victoria Farms. Beautiful. This is a horse named Samson. And He's a thoroughbred. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is it off the track thoroughbred or starting the thoroughbred? Yes, off the track. So you were just reschooling? Re yes, ma'am. <laughs> That's Samson again. He loved to give kisses in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Little barrel? Yes, this is me as a child running the barrels. Oh, really? Yes. Mm -hmm. I was so about uh, 12 in that photo. 
Really? That's yes, incredible. So you were barrel racing uh, young. Yes, uh, it was my passion. I used to love to watch the people at the shows, and uh, it really, I got a thrill out of just watching, and then I got on the back and started doing it, and it, it just, my dreams came true. It was awesome. So um, you, you mentioned a little, oh, who's that? This is my old barrel horse, BB. I've had him kept away over the years, and uh, he actually just went to a new home. Uh, I bought a younger colt that I'm working with now, and I found a great home for BB to go to, and he's with Miss Lois Gallo in Gulfport, Mississippi. Oh, that's wonderful. So just to let you know, um, his father, which, is Eddie Joe really your father or just somebody that raised you? <laughs> he's somebody that took me under his wing. Yeah. So he's been, um, you know, through some life tough toughness. Um, he's back in into riding, and one of his dreams, of course, again, is to, to go back to barrel racing. But he has been on Victoria Farms, and they are selling the farm. And Eddie Joe had called me and said, "Do you or do you have a need for um, somebody that's really, really great with horses and can do a lot and is a hard worker?" And I said, "You know what? Yeah, but he need, he said that the farm was being sold, and he's going to be looking for something." And I said, "He's young. He's cute." Ooh. And this is the horse capital, <laughs> and right? And this horse capital of the world, and you can do anything here, That's any true. breed, any discipline. That's true. So he came down to see the farm, and 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 the main thing is to get people to see <clears throat> see him, and um, that he is available to go to work. And so I'm, he's going to ride at the farm tomorrow, and I'm going to see what he knows. And he need he'd like to be mentored by. Just like anybody. How old are you, 25? 25. So he's just wet behind the ears. <laughs> <laughs> so are you putting him on a gypsy vanner tomorrow? I'm going to put him on a quarter horse, a thoroughbred, and a vanner probably. Or we're going to be working with similar ones. I have a mare that's 10 years old that was just raised out in the field, and, and she's there on the farm, and we're going to work with her. She needs to be broke. Um, a tough, tough subject to deal with. And I have two more thoroughbreds that came in to rehab to turn them into something. And, of course, the quarter horses and, and the gypsies that, that I have. So we're just going to see, you know, all of the things that he can do. But, um, obviously, he was with me today, <clears throat> and I can see he's got experience, and he's fit, and he's ready to work. So somebody like this on a farm can, you know, he's open to everything. He's been exposed to different disciplines, been exposed to different breeds. There's nothing better than that, which includes the thoroughbreds, right? Yes, ma'am. So that's where you were, where you started was the thoroughbreds. As a child, yes. As a child, mm -hmm. he worked with the thoroughbreds. So um, I said, come on, and let's, he was coming down Wednesday, and I said, let's put you on the show, and, and uh, let's bring people like him into the horse capital of the world, because we need this. Oh, we do. Uh, I actually, workforce on the farms is one of the, mm -hmm. the really, really difficult mm -hmm. You know, things mm -hmm. is so hard to mm -hmm. find really good, mm -hmm. you know, reliable help. We're very fortunate that we have a, um, a some wonderful programs that bring a lot of our um, a mm -hmm. lot of immigrants in from other countries mm -hmm. who come mm -hmm. and you know work at the barns and they work mm -hmm. they work their butts off. I'm telling you, they're yeah. up at three three thirty every morning, uh, and and at the you know at the farms or or at the moment actually at OBS because Ocalabrida Sales is going on, mm -hmm. um, which would actually be a great place for you to walk yeah, around. Yeah, and that's and that's what I said to him because of his experience uh, in the multiple 
breeds and disciplines that he's going to fit into places. And of course, your military experience has taught you a lot, I'm sure. Could yes. you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I was a tanker crewman for the Mississippi National Guard for six years. Uh, wow. I've been all over the United States working uh, on tanks and working with 50 cows and everything of that nature and nobody gets to do and I was trusted to do that. And um, you know, I hold a lot of responsibility with something that's not mine and uh, I feel that horses are fall in that same category as well. Mm -hmm. Hold that thought. We got the one minute sign so um, we've got to go to break but we are going to come right back uh, with Kenny Williams and talk a little bit more about rehabbing thoroughbreds, some of the things that uh, different uh, disciplines that he's taught them and uh, stay with us after this break on the Horse Talk Show. This show is brought to you in part by Tack Shack of Ocala, the horse lover's candy store proudly offering customer halters, race tack, whips, blinkers, belts, dog collars and more. Tack Shack of Ocala, one-stop shopping for all your horse needs. This show is sponsored in part by Equus Inn. When visiting the horse capital of the world, you want to stay at a hotel that reminds you of what you love about Ocala, the horses. Stay tuned to this show for announcements about the renovations to be completed fall 2019 at the Equus Inn by following them on Facebook and Instagram at Equus Inn. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. This show is sponsored in part by All In Removal. Like jockey and horse, shavings delivery and manure removal go together naturally and are the green natural solution too. All In Removal offers a great way to save you money combining the two services of quality pine shavings delivery and manure container rental and removal. Great service, great quality and the green choice too. Like All In Removal on Facebook now or go to allinremoval.com for more information. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. <laughs> with your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented this hour by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy store. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of old right. Yes. <laughs> Back on the second half of the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. And welcome Epic on board uh, in partnership with the Horse Talk Show. We're excited to have you and um, we're going to be talking over the course of the next few months about equine rehab and all the different options available uh, for post-surgery conditioning injuries and all sorts of things so i'm very excited the uh, equine performance and uh, innovative center that's a mouthful epic um, is going to be sharing with us some really really great um, you know opportunities for you to get your horse in for rehab no matter who your veterinarian is um, it's a great place either to take the horse to stay to get well um, or it, just to run in and out for visits and swim in the pool and uh, use the aqua, uh, aqua salt, the salt water spa <laughs> and the aqua treadmill. There you go. I'll get it all out. Uh, MagnaWave services, laser, all sorts of great rehab for your horses. So I'm really excited about that. I'm going to try and get Sonny over there and get you some, uh, get you some great video of him. 
uh, at 35 years of age, I'm sure he would, uh, he'd love some rehab. Uh, in the studio with me, I have my co-host, Paulette Stout, and we have a special guest, uh, horse trainer, Kenny Williams. He, uh, coming up in a difficult childhood and had to kind of, had to get a job and um, horses were the way and uh, he loved them. Uh, he served in our military and then came back to horses, currently living in Mississippi and looking to come here to Ocala, find a job uh, with horses here in the horse capital of the world. So, Paulette, yeah. take it away. Yeah, Ken, you, I wanted to go back to your military because there's some things about people's upbringing that really make them great horse trainers. And, and with horses, you have to have you know, a regiment, you have to be willing to go 24-7 at times, you got to be, you know, tough when you need to be. Um, it, can you can you kind of relate to that a little bit? Oh, uh, yes. Um, you know, me being in the military kind of gave me another viewpoint when it came to horses, because horses are stuck in a place they normally don't want to be, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, they can be in some bad situations, and I felt like when I got out, and I had that experience. Me getting back into the horse world really helped me connect with horses again. And, you know, it would show me a lot about what horses actually go through. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's tough, it is, but as long as you got somebody by your side, it just makes it that much mm -hmm. easier. So your relationship with the horses kind of relate with what you've experienced in your life? Right, right. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you think about the horses and what you've learned, what what do you want to focus on? Are you open to things? What is it that you really want to do? Uh, I just, I mainly love problem horses because uh, I love fixing problems. Mm -hmm. uh, I love seeing the, the process of the whole thing and uh, mm -hmm. seeing the results. The results mm -hmm. what matters to me. And the psychology of the horse and when they right. have issues. What kind of problems have you dealt with? Uh, I've dealt with horses that love to flip over on their owners. Uh, I've worked with horses that uh, just have pure bucking fits because, you know, they're so confused and they might have some kind of, kind of trauma from the past and it's coming back up, you know. Horses have those issues and people just love to throw them to the side instead of fixing those issues. Mm -hmm. And I believe if you're going to do this job, and you need to work with horses with those issues. Yeah, you learn a lot with, with that sort of thing. I right. mean, all of us have tried to ride really difficult horses and, and train difficult horses, and you learn a lot about horses by doing that. I don't want to ride bucking horses anymore. I have, but I don't <laughs> want to do that anymore. Well, so you learn a lot I, about yourself as well. You, you learn do. what you can put up with yeah. and uh, how you can solve situations as such. Yeah. Can you give a situation like, say, the one that was flipping over? Mm -hmm. How did you approach that horse? Okay, well, obviously the horse uh, was scared of something, you know. Um, it didn't have any problems. The vet came out and looked at her. She was fine. Uh, so the first thing is soundness. Right. Soundness. Fine. Mm -hmm. Is the horse hurting? That's usually the first thing you let look at. Is it, it certainly right. is, and especially... Mm -hmm. I, I think particularly with the bucking horse, mm -hmm. um, you really want to pay attention not just to soundness, but saddle fit is something All that the things. when we were, when I was a kid, you know, you, your saddle went from pony to pony to horse to pony to yeah. you fit the saddle and, and you weren't mm -hmm. too worried about, mm -hmm. you know, you just, you mm -hmm. didn't know it was lack of knowledge. It wasn't that you didn't mm -hmm. care. It was just lack of knowledge. Maybe the gullet's not the right yeah. width for that particular right. horse. Yeah. And of course I was riding English then. But, you know, it, it wasn't comfortable. And right. quite often, 
it could easily have been that that would make a horse buck. Yeah. But you know, you wouldn't maybe necessarily have thought of that then. Now I think that's one of the things mm -hmm. I, I think about a lot is, mm -hmm. you know, soundness. Is, has the horse got some pain somewhere that isn't that creates e evident right away mm -hmm. and then of course there is yeah. the saddle which you right. know could certainly be the reason so those are the kind of things that i would look at yeah. first so when right. the vet set cleared the horse then how did you approach it um i took it slowly uh as y'all said i would search throughout all the tack made sure everything was fine and then uh i started making noises so uh she didn't like that so much Mm. You know, even without the saddle on her back, she would just flip over and uh, come to find out it was from the track gate. There you go. So uh, mm. we started How did you figure out it was the track gate? Uh, I started banging the gates in the arenas. Okay, and, uh, and that, so that just triggered, that right. triggered it so that you right. put two and two together. So obviously okay. it was some kind of trauma that nobody had worked on and everybody mm -hmm. blamed the horse. It wasn't the horse's fault. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, I went in there and I just worked with her. Uh, took my time. That's all you need. Is getting, time. getting desensitizing right. that banging, banging, right. banging, Letting and then once she, it's going to be okay. Okay. So how did she turn out? Uh, she actually uh, gives lessons now, or she did. <laughs> uh, so that was a thoroughbred, yes. obviously. No, she was a court horse. Court horse. Me. Oh, say so she was a race racing court horse. Yes, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, she, uh, uh, ladies would come out to ride, uh, and they would uh, ride her. You know. Mm -hmm. Evidently, what I did worked. All it took was time, and that's mm -hmm. what I believe can mm -hmm. fix all horses is time. And so patience. it's figuring things out, and as a and as a horseman, that's the job to do is to figure it out and to to take it step by step and and create an, a usable animal, which is a product that we create. Trainers are to create a product, and a, that means a good, safe horse. Right. So, so what else do you, um, I mean, now you've done those, those few things and learning is always for the rest of our life mm -hmm. and you, you certainly understand that. What is your, what is your goals? Like, what do you think that you want to get to your learning process? What do you want to eventually be doing? What do you think you want to eventually be doing? Um, eventually I want to be able to help anybody with any situation when it comes to horses in any discipline. That is my goal. Whether I get there and hurry up and learn everything before mm. I'm too old to do it all, yeah. I hope so. But yeah. uh, that's really my goal. I just want to help people and horses. I want to help problem horses and horses that are giving people problems. Right. So it's basically you're open to all of it. Yes. So I you mean. can fit pretty much in any barn. Yes. Uh, what about a horse that, have you ever, ever had a horse that you've been so challenged by you just didn't have the answer? You just um, didn't have the solution? Yes, but I gathered with some people in my circles, such as my influences as a trainer, and uh, they helped me along the way. I just don't give up. Just don't give up? We just got the one minute, which uh, means we're going to, uh, to break, talking to Kenny Williams about his experiences with horses and training, and uh, coming back after this break on the Horse Talk Show, presented uh, this half by Palm Chevrolet. Stay with us. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and service hassle-free and easier than ever with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. 
This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. The Equine Performance Center Opala with numerous success stories and featuring the most advanced equine conditioning and rehab equipment available in the world today is striving to be the best in the nation. Find them on the web at epcrehab.com and like them on Facebook now. When you bring your taxes to Liberty Tax, we'll handle it. No matter what you throw at us, no matter what you need, no matter what. And we're so confident we'll do a great job. You'll want to bring us your friends, your family, your loved ones, your neighbors, your co-workers. You may even want to bring us everyone in the world. But please don't. We're not staffed for that. Liberty Tax. Bring it. We'll handle it. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio with my co-host, Paulette Stout. And we have Kenny Williams. We've been uh, talking up uh, horses. I'm going to ask him a very delicate question before Paulette has him just put it all out there. <laughs> uh, and and this, this is uh, off topic as far as horses go, but we are um, we've been... Uh, living in a crazy world the last uh, six or seven months we've uh, we've experienced some some things I never thought I'd see and that I certainly didn't think I would see all in uh, the first six months of first few months really of the of one year and you know between the between the pandemic and the equine industry as I was talking to um, to Nick Demerick in the first segment there about the equine industry and the different you know different uh, processes that they've been working through uh, in in really difficult times and finding ways to um, to do things virtually and to uh, to to really change our way of thinking you know as far as the the COVID-19 and then followed right away by um, terrible horrendous loss of life um, with uh, George Floyd uh, God rest his soul and um, all of the um, since then, the, the riots and the, and the looting and the, the terrible things that are going on and more loss of life, um, uh, both black and white, uh, police and civilian. Um, and we've seen that over the course of the last few days. And it's very, very, very saddening um, to me. But I have actually wanted to ask either a law enforcement or somebody that is or was in the military, kind of like their take on it. And just seeing some of the horses, um, you know, involved in, in law enforcement out there, you know, put in getting situations. Brick getting yes, hit. Yes, getting hit with bricks. And, and it, it's terribly sad. One, one, one police horse was taken down an alleyway and, and, and killed. And I mean, it's just absolutely devastating to hear this stuff about people or animals both, um, you know, and all races, uh, regardless, it's just, it's heartbreaking to see it. And I kind of wanted to, you know, ask you from a, from a, having been in the military for mm -hmm. six years, kind of what is your take on all of that? Um, I just think that uh, we all need to open up our hearts a little bit and let a little light in. You know, what happened was very bad and uh, God rest his soul. But uh, this violence, I, I believe, needs to stop. You know, we need to all come together on this. We shouldn't fight amongst each other. 
we should all come together and you know as a whole you know this is dividing us we need to all come in together I agree and, and actually the 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 from my perspective the right after this all happened and after George Floyd died I saw on especially on social media and in groups that I know a huge revival of unity where everybody regardless of race or sex or location mm -hmm. or anything mm -hmm. everybody was in agreement that this was wrong that the police mm -hmm. were wrong that it didn't matter what it was just wrong but it doesn't period. give everybody the uh, the right to go hurt everybody else and animals and people right. and, and, I mean, and I when the riot that. started I felt I saw that unity evaporate again mm -hmm. and I was so sad because I really mm -hmm. felt like even though the loss of life was absolutely devastating that at least his life might bring change and I saw that with mm -hmm. this unity that I, I saw which I was mm -hmm. so it, it you know it made me cry to see mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. and I you know I saw black people and white people linked arms and you know praying and just all these things and then mm -hmm. all the bad had mm -hmm. to come and mm -hmm. then I saw that go mm -hmm. you know back down and and you know I just I think it's a fairly sad situation mm -hmm. and, and you know the people the loss of people's businesses and homes mm -hmm. and lives mm -hmm. devastating and then the horses you know I mean those horses are put in some of the most absolutely um, horrendously dangerous situations in these riots and mm -hmm. you know I was on the mounted unit for I think three years so I was never I never had to be in any kind of situation mm -hmm. like what we're yeah, seeing you know mine was parking cars at rodeos and July 4th right. events and you know we might do some neighborhood patrol but I was never on a horse in those you know to situations. be to be subject to that is just yes. horrific yes is and so I mean a horse has got to be incredibly well trained yeah. first of all mm -hmm. to be in all of yeah. that but, um, you know, to see that people, you know. But I, I want to I say something. Now, I did not meet Ken until today. And, and I have to say something because, you know, at this age, how do you get experience without experience? So when around horsemen, you see he's a very gentle soul. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's very gentle. So something that I can always say about horses that somebody as, as his demeanor going into horses, they're going to like him and they're going to respond to him. And and the, if the world would be a little bit like him, like we're talking about in all kinds of situations, yes. we wouldn't have any problems. Well, so, you know, you're absolutely right mm -hmm. about that. My daughter, who's actually working at the Demerics barn at OBS at the moment, um, has always been somebody that riding instructors, when she was growing up, would put her on a horse that was a bit naughty or a pony that was a bit naughty mm -hmm. because she had this way of making a horse just you yeah. know yeah. and it's soft hands yeah it's about it's your demeanor it's how you can go yes. in and and you you have that natural we always look for natural abilities mm -hmm. as a trainer i'm gonna i don't have an opinion about a horse i go in to look at what does it do naturally and then i take that and try to better it right and so we all have something natural about us and so i'm learning him and i'm seeing him it's like he came to me in a, in a certain way. Somebody said, you need to mentor people. And I'm good with that, I think. And I would love to take him, you know, to be able to help him get busy in the, in the horse capital of the world. Yeah. And I think he's got great ability. But I see these things in people. And so right away, I see this about him. 
his demeanor, his way about him. You know, right away he wasn't afraid to get in there. He wasn't afraid of the horses. They, they responded to him. So, you know, him being an asset to anybody's farm. And I'm putting it out there because when I meet somebody that somebody can benefit from, he's one of them. And Eddie Joe Young, who, who helped him, had said, I'm not near as good as Ken is. That's what he said. Don't make me cry. Oh. <laughs> you know, he said he broke one horse for him, and when I got him back, I don't remember, he said 30 days, and you were riding a bridalist. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. That's Tell us impressive. about that horse real quick. Uh, well, uh, he wasn't anybody, any horse that was too bad, you know. He, he would raise a little fit here and there, but uh, like I said, patience matters with horses. If you don't have patience, you shouldn't be around horses. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, I just took it slow with him, you know. I, I'd, I'd lunge him, get his respect on the ground, uh, not by abusing him or forcing him to respect me. I just, I took my time with him. And uh, anyways, he, he did fine. Uh, now, was it he didn't, take, be a, it didn't was, take long for him to catch on. But was he, he's going to be a barrel horse. Eventually one day, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. That's so the in, goal with him. In in about one minute... And we're not at one minute yet, don't panic, but, oh, but we're not far off. But in one minute, tell us what you think your real like, strengths are for somebody who's looking for, looking for a trainer, looking for somebody to help My them. strengths are fixing problems in horses. That's just, I'm going to, that's about as good as it gets. Uh, and I can be there to... Uh, You've taught a lot of kids. I have. Too. I've taught kids. I've taught camps. Uh, I, I've really. I'd rather communicate with a horse than a person. If <laughs> that Great. doesn't offend anybody. But, Great answer. Uh, <laughs> no, I get that. But uh, yeah, I would. I would definitely love to start here in Ocala. It's a beautiful place. I met some wonderful people, and Miss Paulette has really taken She's the time with me oh and has taught me so much. <laughs> Just Kenny, in one day. Kenny Williams, uh, those, the time has just flown by. Uh, we're actually going to our break. I want to thank you, Kenny, for being with thank us. You. Kenny is in Ocala looking for a job at a farm and uh, would be an asset, obviously, uh, and a wonderful program we could get him into here locally. It would be fantastic. Uh, Paulette, thank you for bringing him in. Coming back in just a few minutes, we have episode three with At Home with the Pirellis. Stay with us on the Horse Talk Show. Hello, my name is Alberto Rujan with Equine Performance Center and Performance Equine Veterinary Services in Ocala, Florida. I am a senior veterinarian and I am going to show you what an amazing success we had in 2019. Then I am going to show you what are we doing to have even better success in 2020. First, I'm going to start with a little guy that captured our heart. His name, Parley. Parley is a little pony and he came with us with fractures on both shoulders. Parley couldn't walk. Most of the time, he spent his time limping or laying down. Then all veterinarians joined in a massive teamwork approach to get Parley to the other side of the pool. Then Parley kept recovering slowly, but surely Parley received top of the line therapies like PRP, stem cells, aquapacer work, ozone, oxygen therapy, you name it, probably receive it. But most of it, a lot of care and a lot of love. And now we can safely say that Parley 
is a happy guy. We have an amazing Pasofino mayor. Her name, Illusion. Illusion came to us without being able to walk. She had a horrible disease, laminitis. We all fear laminitis, but with a lot of TLC, a lot of perseverance, a lot of care, she got hyperbaric oxygen chamber. She got magna wave, she got vibration plate, she got cold salt water spa, she got therapeutic failure. If we had it, we gave it to her. And she gave it back to us with a lot of respect and a lot of appreciation. And here you can see how every day she was improving little by little, little by little. No question about it. We had our setback, but she did not give up. She just did not want to give up. And you can see how she's trotting. It took a village to get Illusion to be one of our most amazing discharge of 2019. This amazing young mayor is a thoroughbred mare who by mistake ran into a wood pole. You can see the massive wound that she received and how hurt she was. Most people didn't believe she would survive. Most veterinarians wouldn't believe she would survive. The wound went through many important structures, including veins, arteries, and nerves. But sure enough, she did not want to give up, neither did we want to give up. She received a lot of care, hyperbaric chamber, a lot of rehab, and you can see how she started walking, and the story repeated itself. Every day, a little bit more, every day, a little bit more, and our team, relentless, with every therapy that we had, and a lot of love, we were able to get her to walk, get her to go home again, and finally get her to be sound and gallop on her pastures and be a happy horse. Lastly, I am going to present you probably one of our biggest success ever. I present you Izzy. Izzy is a young filly, young thoroughbred filly, who was neglected because she had foot infection on both front feet because she had bone infection on both front feet and Izzy was forgotten. Many veterinarians gave up on her. Owners gave up on her. She was rescued, brought to us, and here is what we got. Izzy, slowly, every day, she, kept, she was telling us she did not want to give up. She wanted a little bit more, a little bit more. And very quickly, after many treatments, including hyperbaric chamber, salt water spa, therapeutic barrier, and a huge teamwork, she kept walking a little bit more, a little bit more every time, until she finally was our most successful discharge of 2019, where she is now living happily with her friends at home. Because we believe, we believe in miracles. We believe that if we work hard enough and if you have the right team, we can definitely do the impossible. But most importantly is that we're not stopping here. Now I am going to show you what we have for you for 2020. We are opening a state-of-the-art surgical room where we're going to be able to take our level of care to the next level. Now the sky is the limit. You guys enjoy. Thank you very much for an amazing 2019 and let's wait for what the 2020 is getting us.
The Equine Performance Center Ocala with numerous success stories and featuring the most advanced equine conditioning and rehab equipment available in the world today is striving to be the best in the nation. Find them on the web at epcrehab.com and like them on Facebook now. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed-formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton with the Horse Talk Show here at the Pirelli Farm in Ocala, the horse capital, uh, visiting with Linda and Pat, two legends uh, famous across the entire globe for their incredible uh, programs, how many people they've helped, 200,000 people across the globe uh, using their very successful equine program. Uh, got together, actually, I believe in 1989 or met in 1989, um, and um, Linda was having trouble with the thoroughbred was being rather difficult and she didn't know what to do so um, she tried Pat's program and that's how they met. I'm going to let Linda start off telling us a little bit about how the romance began. Wow well we don't often talk about that part of it <laughs> um, but I, you know I had this off the track thoroughbred and and he'd been through five owners by the time I got him and I'd been hoping to event and of course he was crazy and so I started doing dressage to tr because it wasn't fast and I got hooked on dressage, even though it was almost impossible to do with that horse. But I, um, I'd gotten to the stage where my instructor was telling me, look, you know, I think you need to think of a different horse. I had two horses at the time. Uh, there was Regalo and then my other horse, Siren, who I was competing with in dressage and winning, not with high scores, but I was winning. And she said, look, it's not you, it's the horse. You know, you're winning with that horse and this horse is, is a write-off. And so... Um, I, you know, I didn't want to give up on him and I went and, and explored a couple of other trainers and things like that. And, and what I saw was so cruel and I just thought, I'm not going to subject my horse to that. You know, I'll retire him at the grand old age of seven if that's what it takes. And I happened to be in my local tax store and I saw a video of Pat riding a horse with no bridle. But at the, at first I didn't even realize there was not a bridle on the horse. It, I mean, it was just so beautiful. And so, um... I went to the clinic because I realized I had a lot to learn. You know, he could stop his horse with no bridle from a dead run and I couldn't stop my horse at X at a trot with, you know, like $300 worth of gadgets in those days on his head. <laughs> and so I went there and the first thing that was different was that Pat walked around the parking lot and came and shook everybody's each, each of our hands, you know, he's like, hi, who are you? You know, I'm Pat Pirelli and welcome. And I'm like, this is different, you know. <laughs> and then we started in the clinic on the ground. And he was just talking horse psychology and prey animals and not, okay, get on your horse and sit up straight and, you know, do all the stuff that we get in riding lessons. He was really teaching us about the horse. And I was blown away. And it was the first time that I understood that my horse's problems were um, caused by me. <laughs> Everybody else said, you know, your horse is a rotten egg. You got to <laughs> fix him. But Pat said, no, this is about the relationship and your horse is terrified of you and you don't know what to do. And so, um, I mean, I would have to say from the beginning, I was enamored by this man who 
was so charismatic and so caring about horses. We've got horses moving in now. Um, where, you know, he, he was... Got a horse moving the camera. We're going to have to move him away. Pat, do you want to move him? He's going to come and like just be part of the set. That's good. If he's behind, he's good. Uh, this is my old guy. No, see, he's going to just steal the shots. I was like, who is this? This is this is Allure. And he's uh, in his mid-twenties now. And he had quite a few health problems along the way. But he's doing really well. Look at that. We got to see and a little parade. Yes, we did. Look, it worked. <laughs> he was a very challenging horse also for me that, you know, I got many years ago. And he taught me a lot. Really? But anyway, yes. That's but he's a, he's a camera hog. <laughs> he's like, there's some action. I want to be part of it. So, um, you know, I was enamored um, by Pat because, it, I mean, he was so charismatic and so informative and he really helped me and he really cared about horses whereas a lot of the time people were just going ah you gotta show him his boss and you know and pat was doing the exact opposite and so um he came back a year later and i went to two more of his clinics and then i said when are you coming back again he said oh i can't come back the guy that's promoting me can't do it anymore and i said well i'll do it and i really had no idea what i was signing up for i just thought this changed my life and also the people who were doing the clinic with me and I'm going to be part of keeping this in Australia. And so then I organized the next two tours for him and it, it did really well. And I just rallied everybody and said, you know, like if we want this to continue here, we all have to be part of it. And so it grew like crazy in Australia. And then, um, you know, Pat and I obviously had this chemistry together and it was professional. And then finally, you know, Pat said, in fact, he called me one time from Switzerland, like in the middle of the night for him. And um, he said, I can't live without you. Will you come to the, will you come to America? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and so that I moved over here in 1993 and, you know, it's a great love story and it's a great success story of, you know, of everything that we've developed. And he said to me, you know, will you come and help me change the world? And I said, yes. I had no idea what that meant, but I just, you know, it's, yeah, I'm in. I mean, so when you first met him and Regalo was giving you the problems and, and you were trying, I think you were trying to flip a whip, maybe over a rope over his yeah, back yes, that's right. because that was one of the things is like, let's see what your horse is afraid of. Well, as soon as I threw that rope over his, his back, he just flipped out and, um, escaped from me and I had rope burns and, you know, finally his helpers brought the horse back to me and, um, Pat said to me, now you have to stay with this. He said, don't. I don't care what anybody else is doing. What's really important here is that you get your horse's trust because he doesn't trust you. And I'm like, that's amazing. He said, that horse is scared. Everybody else told me he was bad and naughty. And Pat said, this horse is terrified. Look at him. I had no idea. And that had never crossed your mind because it didn't, no, no it wasn't something that anyone had ever suggested. No. You just thought he was being naughty. Everybody else, yeah, they're saying, like, make him behave. He's misbehaving. It's like, well, why is he misbehaving? Nobody talked about that. And, you know, Pat said, you don't have a problem horse. You have a problem relationship. I'm like, what? He said, your horse doesn't trust you. That's a relationship problem. I'm going to show you how to change that. Now, at first, 
did you think, who's this crazy cowboy that's, I think he said something to you like, don't worry, it's never taken anybody more than two days to figure that out. And I think it was a one-day clinic. Right. You have a good memory. I do. Yeah, because, you know, he said to me, just keep it up, you know. And it took me an hour before that horse could stand still. And he said, don't get mad, don't change anything, just, you know, keep casual. And, and he said, I've never seen it take longer than two days. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. I realized I ran out of patience in about five seconds flat. And, you know, when you do this for an hour and your arms are falling off and Pat rides back by every now and then and goes, you're doing great, keep it up. I'm like, oh. And then finally that horse just went, I get it. You're not going to kill me. And everything changed. But I had never done anything like that before. And so, you know, I was so fascinated because everything was different. But it all was so logical. And it just made me see how all the other things were illogical. You know, your horse is, well, we didn't know he was afraid. But he's messing up. So put a bigger bit on him. Put a, a chain over his nose. You know, tie his head down. Tie his mouth shut. It's like... And I did all that because that's what everybody did. Pat says, why do you need all that? He said, if you took your horse into a tax store and showed him all the gadgets, your horse would have a coronary, coronary on the spot. <laughs> you go, those are for me? Right? So, I mean, it was fascinating for me. And, you know, I mean, obviously the first part was just I was so impressed by his knowledge and, and him as a teacher and, and how he helped us all and we got immediate results, you know. Um, but then after that, just getting to know the man, you know, that's where it all took a right turn. Absolutely. So um, after 89, you met him in 89, you actually didn't come over till 93, but you kept up communication for those few years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he came back for a couple of clinics and then, and then I started um, running his tours over there. And then I set up an office for him in Australia. And, um, and when I left Australia to come here, my sister and um, her husband took it over and ran that business for nine years in Australia. Now, when you were make, calling him and you had problems and things, um, you were making like notes. Did any of that turn out to be the eventual material that you used a lot for, for the learning tools for the program? In a way, yes. I wouldn't say verbatim, but my learning journey really helped create the program because it's like what did I do first and then next and then where did I go from there and what were all the steps because obviously Pat could do amazing things with horses but he'd do something and I'd go well how do I get from where I am to there and then we'd have a lot of time together because we were traveling all over the, the United States and I'd ask him a million questions and that's how we then you know gradually formed the program. Mm -hmm. Linda Pirelli when she fell in love with Pat Pirelli and uh, they lived happily ever after. I get to be here on the farm here in Ocala with them. Uh, next, we're going to talk to Pat about how he fell in love with Linda on the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton. That was great. Thanks for joining us this week, whether you're in Ocala, Marion County, Florida, the horse capital of the world or not. Happy horsing around. Until next time.
World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a saltwater spa, an aquapacer, magna wave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com.